All right, my man, Big Johnson. All right, we're out there. <laughs> we're out there. Here it goes. Already on a roll. Um, this is Night Train here with you with Big Aaron Johnson. And we are getting ready to break down the Michigan Wolverines. For that is something we are expert in. Um, experts. Experts. We got a great show for you tonight. Really, really uh, going to take start with just a quick recap of the season. The Michigan Wolverines are sitting at a rosy 11-1. and one. Um, Coming off a January 16th loss to Minnesota in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Aaron, the first question I have for you tonight is what stood out to you about that Minnesota game? Uh, we'll simply put... Uh, very few teams go undefeated. Um, you're playing a team. You you played them recently. They've seen what you have. Uh, they have a good coach, um, and they were prepared. Um, one thing I was going to say about you know Michigan. I mean they've definitely exceeded my expectations so far. Um, but I was I took a gander at the schedule. It had it is a little light compared to some of the other uh, teams in the big 10, some of the other heavy hitters. Um, But nonetheless, they won all their games. Um, So they do look pretty legitimate. Uh, But what stood out was uh, they just didn't have the energy. You know, it it just wasn't there. Um, It's a tough place to play. Um, It's on the road. Uh, Albeit there was no fans, but still, you know, you had to deal with all that travel and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just, they were flat, man. The shots weren't falling. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with your assessment there that, that, you know, they really, um, first of all, Minnesota has just uh, currently this season an insane home away split situation. Mm-hmm. They are getting their butts kicked on the road and they are whooping people, including Iowa, um, Michigan State at home. Yeah. So, so I think both you and I kind of predicted this would be Michigan's first loss of the season. Both yep. you and I were a little bit uh, disappointed we didn't get our first pot out because we would look like geniuses. At the yeah. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll just have to keep proving ourselves. Um, yeah. People, people just have to take our word for it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, yeah, the Michigan, the, the energy looked really, really bad. And, and quite frankly, the energy was one of the most surprising aspects of the Michigan team so far this year, particularly on the defensive end. I thought uh, we really just didn't bring that. The other thing, um, I was really felt like Michigan was discombobulated offensively. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit confused. They were catching, you know, just their passes and their rotating passes were getting caught like 30 feet away from the basket. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to win a game when you're working the ball around 35 feet away from the basket, you know, as opposed to, to uh, slashing, driving, you know, getting decent catches. So um, that being said, uh, I think, you know, I agree with you really was surprised, especially after that, overtime duel against a weak Oakland University team early in the year. Right. <laughs> you know, really surprised that Michigan had stepped up to the level that they appeared to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still excited about this team. Uh, you know, really looking forward to what they have down the road. 
so let's let's go ahead and jump into some some of the uh, interesting stuff we had tonight. And the first uh, topic that that we had to talk about is the freshman phenom, the big HD Hunter Dickinson. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about your impressions of him so far, and you know just uh, you know what you're thinking? Well, obviously. He's the big surprise. Like I know, I, I actually I think he was their highest recruit. But um, you're accurate there. He was yeah. uh, in the he was ranked 37th in that sort of uh, aggregate top 100. Right. Um, but I, I think we can clearly see he he was undervalued. Um, he's definitely top 10, <laughs> top 10 freshman. It's not even close. Um, but uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, obviously, he had size, um, but uh, his skill is what what is very impressive, um, and the 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 evolution um, of his game. You know, hearing early on, um, just from being here, being local, hearing people locally, um, you know, he wasn't ready when he got here. You know, from day one, day one, he wasn't ready. Oh, no kidding. I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. really interesting. Day one, he wasn't ready. Um, Austin Davis was killing him in practice, um, which is funny when you think about it now. <laughs> yeah, that is, that but, is funny. Yeah, but, but you could see it. I mean, Austin Davis is a big man, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, a lot of, with a lot of Big Ten experience at this point. Right, right. Um, but he, he wasn't necessarily ready. Um, he had to get in shape. Um, it's a big jump. And, and for that jump for some people – um, it, it's immediate. Some people, it, it can take a year or two, you know, um, yeah. you know, some, some people require a little more development than others, but very quickly he got his feet under him and, and he, he allowed, um, he was able to, to, to use his skill, you know, which is very, very hard to do. Now, I, I also want to point out, you know, I, you know, I've actually looked at their schedule and, it was very favorable for him in particular. Mm-hmm. It allowed him, and then Austin Davis's injury as well, allowed him to have some time, allowed him to get, gain some confidence. And confidence is very important, as you know. Yes. Um, but I'm very surprised by his skill, and I love it. You know, I just mm-hmm. I love to see him work down there, and I and and not just scoring the ball when he's on the floor their whole team offensively is so much better. I mean, he, he passes from the post, he moves, he can operate in the pick and roll a little bit. Um, but it, but it helps to spread the floor, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah. I, and, you know, their shooting has improved. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the flow and, and, and he's the fulcrum for that. Like he, he provides that. Um, and uh, anyway, did, did you have any, did you have yeah, anything? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, two of the things that surprised me the most watching him come in, uh, first of all, his hands. I, you know, I was really impressed with his hands. He's making good catches. You know, he, he, he really posts up well and he presents a great target. But then, man, he, you know, he, a lot of freshman big men, you know, being a freshman in the post, being a young guy in the post is so difficult. And he's really made it look easier than anyone I've seen. 
catching the ball, you know, and then his mean streak when he when he gets yeah. that rock. He wants to put guys in the rim. Yeah. You know, I know he's 20 years old, a little older than most freshmen, and he's got, you know, he's got some weight on him. He's not a weak guy. Right. Uh, for, you know, for coming in, but just that, and like you said, I was, I'm still blown away by his skill. Um, yeah. Really, you know, he can go with either hand. He's got a great touch, uh, you know, and, and I think it's probably already forgotten by most people, but you mentioned it. The Austin Davis injury really opened up. Mm-hmm. You know, Howard wants to play with through his big men, and the Austin Davis injury really put the spotlight on Dickinson, and he rose to the occasion. He did. He really, did. Really impressively. A couple of things I want to talk about statistically with him, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started looking into this. If you're talking about the PER stat invented by John Hollinger, you know, a lot of people like to say it's a little bit slanted towards offensive big men, but generally his player efficiency rating. I went ahead and looked this up. So the database only goes back to the 2009-2010 season, okay? But so far this year, Hunter Dickinson as a freshman has posted a 33.5 player efficiency rating. You know how many other guys as freshmen how many other big men as freshmen have posted a 33 and a half or higher since 2009-10? Take a I guess. Would, I would, I got a couple guesses. Um, I guess I would go Anthony Davis. One. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'll tell you, there's been five guys. Five okay. guys have posted higher ratings as freshmen. Anthony Davis is one of them. He's uh, one. Zion. Zion is number one with an astounding 40, almost a 41. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zion and Anthony Davis are one, two. Dude, I could I could get the <laughs> right? Zion and oh, Go ahead, go Davis. ahead, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah, there's only five guys. Zion, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins is one of them. And then a dude out of South Dakota State by the name of, name of Mike Dom, who I'm not familiar with, and nope. Vernon Carey who had okay. a great freshman year. Um, yeah, I actually like his game, actually. Yeah, so those are some pretty incredible names at Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. You know, now, granted, those guys did that um, with through full season, so we'll see where he ends up. The So then I went ahead and just looked. Hunter Dickinson is averaging almost 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about forwards or centers, Sorting freshman big big men in the Big Ten since uh, 09-10, you've only got seven other guys who have a- other big men who have averaged more than 13 points a game. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Jared Sullinger, Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller, Iggy was in there, Rodriguez, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Ward actually. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but the only two guys to average more points a game than Hunter Dickinson in their freshman year so far were Sullinger and Bridges. I mean, he's in elite company when it comes to the numbers that he's putting up. Um, And, you know, quite frankly, prior to the Minnesota game, I was blown away by his decision making, uh, you know, but he really... Let's be honest, he showed, you know, it was clear that he was a freshman in that Minnesota game. Yeah. 
I would say he got punked out a little bit, even though he did take uh, that Liam Robinson cat to the hole and, and dunked on him once. That was the actually I think that was their first points of the game. I know yeah. I know which player he went baseline on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that guy he uh, he came to play and and he definitely uh, um, he was giving it to him, you yeah. know. And but, uh, but you know, Dickinson didn't match his energy. I mean, it was clear. Yeah. So I mean, the guy the guy does have a lot of knowledge of the game, but yeah, he he can be a little he can be a little tough to swallow sometimes. But <laughs> but but yeah, just to piggyback on your stats, I, yeah. I was going over some um, his stats as well. Yeah, he's averaging a shade under uh, seventeen, uh, a shade over seven and a half rebounds, which I thought that's a little low. I'd like to see see him tick that up a little bit. Yeah, let me just stop you real quick though. His yeah. um, if you're talking about the Big Ten, you know his his overall rebounding percentage numbers. Mm-hmm. He, Dickinson is is seventh in a Big Ten. Yeah, um, some of his rebounding numbers are a little low because he's only playing 25 minutes a game. So, but go it's ahead. Good point. It's a good yeah, point. Go um, but I was uh, you know, I was looking at him and I was trying to think of uh some comparables. You know, some people that that I thought his game uh, in college mirrored the most. And the two people that actually came to mind were um, Carl Anthony Towns Mm -hmm. and Kevin Love. Okay. Um, They're a little bit different, but um, Kevin Love averaged, I don't know if you remember, but he averaged like 17 and a half and 10 rebounds. He was actually a rebounding machine. Yeah. Um, Kevin Love was a scorer. Um, he was tall. He was a little pudgy in college. Um, but he was what reminds me of uh, those two is the skill. Ke- Kevin Love, he, he could score. Um, and he was a scorer. Um, yeah. And, and, they, he, and one thing I'll say, you know, uh, thinking about that, you know, I, I I was led to believe by some of the reports that Hunter Dickinson might be more of like a three level scorer mm-hmm. as Kevin Love was. And yes. So far, we really haven't seen that third level. Um, Not at all. I don't think he, I don't know if he has he shot a three point um, basket yet. I'm not sure. He hasn't made one. Yeah. He's taken a handful and I'll give you that number, but go on with what you're saying. Well, I, th- I think he can, I think, I think he can, maybe it, Maybe it's not necessarily in his range, but he's got the mechanics. It, it, you know, maybe just it hasn't been in his. Uh, it's not in his wheelhouse now. Yeah, he's not three. He's over three. Yeah, but Which, the form, uh, the form looks good. I, I remember I've seen him shoot one that I can recall. Yeah, um, yeah. He shot a couple earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, and you know he's leading the Big Ten in field goal percentage. He's uh leading the Big Ten in effective field goal percentage, despite the fact that he's missed a couple threes uh and and i so i hear you i don't you know i think that carl anthony town comparison is really interesting yeah yeah well similar like i i would say their offensive games are closer um but i actually see the kevin love too but but yeah the carl anthony towns i think their bodies are more are more in line athletically i think they're pretty similar Carl Anthony Towns might be a little longer. Um, his arm 
his arm length might be a little longer. Yeah. Um, uh, Cat can shoot. Cat, Cat can actually Absolutely. step out and shoot. But Absolutely. I think Hunter Dickinson, I think he'll be able to shoot as well. Well, and he's, and he's just – he's shredding people from the mid-range. So I totally agree. Right. And right, right now I'm going to give our listeners a, a shout-out to, to you because people don't know you yet. You, my man, Aaron, one of the things that you have always done so well, which I appreciate so much being a white baller mm-hmm. and hating the fact that every time I was killing people on the court, the only thing people could compare me to was other white guys. Yeah. You have always had our whole lives. You always compare guys across races. You really easily pick that up. And I noticed that time and again, when you're listening to media, they're always making comparisons and it's like they're restricted in the race category. Right. It's like you have to compare a white guy to a white guy. Yeah. I love the fact that you've never been limited like that. You always have seen that. And so that's really, that's really awesome. Um, so that might be enough on Hunter Dickinson, except for one thing, because I know you and I have a disagreement here. So that one thing is. Where is Hunter Dickinson? What's where is he playing next year? And I say I don't see a place for this guy in the NBA, and I don't know how soon I'm going to see it. I mean, I just don't see him getting drafted. I don't see NBA teams being interested in the current, you know, the modern NBA. Obviously, like 15 years ago, he's a surefire type of guy, but I don't know what you know. I think his NBA. Uh, for, you know, future's a little iffy. What, what do you think? No, I do. I, th- I think he's a high draft pick. I think, uh, I, th- and, and the funny thing is if, if I was, if I was someone with ties to him, my advice would be to go his, his, uh, market, like it's his marketability, his sellability is not going to get higher. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I feel you, although, you know, I... Well, let me, let me finish. Yeah, 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 go ahead. So, ahead. not only that, I'm, I'm, so from a business decision, that's, that's the number one thing that I'm thinking. Um, number two, um, I think his skills do translate, and I think, I think we can look um, to Carl Anthony Towns, because that's, that's where I think he, like, if I'm a scout and I'm not a scout, and let me just say this, <laughs> I have been terrible at at seeing how people translate a lot of the times from from college to pro sometimes i'm right on the money but a lot of times i have missed you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I get <laughs> but you. but but just looking at him looking at his skill set his hand-eye coordination looking at him at the free throw line um and his form on his on his jump shot i think he can he can knock down that jump shot he can spread it out just enough and he is a threat offensively, you know, and um, worst case scenario, you get drafted in the middle to late first round to a good team. Yeah. So okay. I, I honestly think, I don't think he's coming back. All right. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for yeah. what you're saying about him offensively. And I actually agree that I, I think he will be a three point threat. Mm-hmm. I think he's got, Luca Garza type, uh, you know, college scoring written all over him. And, but my big question about, about him and, and even for this year, cause I think he, in, against Minnesota, he got exposed a little bit on the, on the outside defensively. I'm not sure 
that he's, you know, I'm not sure what the NBA is going to, you know, what, what you're going to do with him defensively. So my prediction right now is that he'll be back next year. And so we'll see what happens, but um, moving forward next, next, uh, next topic, the, something I have not been able to figure out despite my, you know, constant um, looking into this team and, and watching every game, seeing, you know, devouring uh, all the information I can. What exactly is Eli Brooks and what exactly does he mean to this Michigan squad? You know, he was out against Minnesota. We took a bad loss. And what do you, what do you think? Well, I think from a chemistry standpoint, he means a lot. Um, he's almost like a jack of all trade, small combo guard. Like he's not good. I'm sorry. He's not great at anything. He's not, doesn't have the best handles, not the best shooter. Although his three point percentage isn't terrible this year. It's not bad. No, true. I mean, yeah. people, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But he, but he's not, he's, he's not like, you don't count on him as a knockdown shooter, you know? Agreed. He's in, he's in 37% from three this year, which is his career is only 33 and a half, which, you know, especially with that shorter college line is not that great. Um, and I, yeah, I feel you. I think he's a good slasher. He's got a nice floater. He's a good, you know, two level scorer. He does obviously, you know, and he's got more ups than people give him credit for as he'd be flushing on people hard. But one of the things I'm curious about is your take, you know, national media dockage and them, they're always saying, oh, incredible defender, Eli Brooks. What's your take on him as a defender? Because clearly Michigan lost a lot defensively last game and you know, Eli Brooks was out. Was that a coincidence or was that a direct correlation? Um, I, I do think he's a pretty good defender. Um, and I do want to see him play against Maryland to kind of see, to, to, to just test it out. I'm not even sure. Is he playing against Maryland? Do we know that? We do not know. I mean, he's listed as day to day. So, you know, okay. So I'm kind of curious. Um, because, you know, who I know this is a little off our topic, but it, it uh, Chundry Brown really played really poor. Yeah. He played agree, a really man. poor game. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah. you know, it's like Dockage kept, kept calling him out as a good defender, which he typically is, but he was overplaying Carr. Yeah. Carr was jacking up terrible games, yeah. and he kept getting in his business and letting him blow by. Like, let he him made, he through. made, his, his defense, I think, put everyone in a bad situation all game long. And um, I don't necessarily know if it was like Eli Brooks's absence, um, but his defense was just really weird. It was like it was very strange um, against Minnesota. I mean, yeah. there, there was a lot going on, it, you know, a, a lack of effort overall, Absolutely. bad defense, bad execution of defense. Yeah, um, agreed. Wagner, who and has then, been incredible, had a bad game where he looked confused the whole time. Yeah, yeah. 
And then again, I want to give credit to Minnesota because they're not a bad team. They're a pretty good team. I do think they're well coached. I like what Patino's doing. Um, and I have, I have respect for him. I actually think he's a pretty, pretty good coach. I agree. Um, and, and just real quick, yeah. I would say too, um, I was as shocked as anybody when we blew them off the floor in that second half of that game against them. Um, the first time around they're, yeah, I, I, they're long, yeah. they're athletic. They, yeah. they, you know, although I will say they appear, I thought that they could shoot. I looked in on the stats they're the worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. So, They're a streaky team. Yeah. And the funny thing is, that, like, if you look at all of, like, Rick Pitino's teams, like, they're all like that. Like, like you know, they're like streaky shooters. He never has, like, a, a good outside sh- shooting team, you know. It's always like that. I think he's just a defensive-minded coach. Um, and then the scheme that he runs, it's, it's a pretty good scheme. But – uh they never have like, you know, really great um, shooting though. Yeah. Um, but back to Eli but, Brooks real quick, just so yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Eli Brooks. What you know, like maybe you're right. Maybe that dude is just like he's an intangible guy. He's a guy who who who. I will say this: he's the quickest, you know, fastest chase defender on the team. And yeah. And maybe that would have helped, you know, in relationship to what I was talking about early in the cast about Michigan getting all their catches pushed way far from the basket. Mm. He really helps to do that against the other team quite frequently. So chase yeah. a guy, you know, a guy who would normally catch it at 18 to 20 feet is catching it at 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't see much of that against Minnesota. So anything else to say about Eli Brooks in your mind? No, I got nothing else. All right. he's, got, he's got mad hops. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I like, yeah, he's had some beautiful dunks, man, and really yeah. got me up off the couch when we're kicking Wisconsin in the teeth, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple real quickly, let's just touch on a couple things and go, but uh, enormous question mark coming into, you know, losing one of the best coaches in Michigan, if not the best coach in Michigan history, in my mind, John Beeline. Um, Juwan Howard comes in, you know, he goes, uh, we goes 19 and 12 in his first year with a squad that probably was about a 19 and 12 squad. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that they certainly didn't overachieve, but I'm not sure they underachieved. Um, you know, 11 and one this year clearly seemed to be overachieving. Although if it could be just a hot streak, we'll see. Yeah. Um, what, what's your take on Juwan Howard? And, and let's separate this into two things because clearly, although last the recruits last year didn't work out, clearly Juwan Howard and recruiting is a real thing. And we'll mm-hmm. see these guys get on campus, but number one recruiting class, by good bit in the nation right now for next year, you know, with these guys who are a lot of one and done type guys, it's always questionable what they're going to choose to do, but we'll see. But so let's take recruiting out of it. Otherwise, what do you think about Juwan Howard as a coach? Um, I've been impressed. Um, I thought last year, last year was, it was a tough year because, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of recruits. He was working with guys that weren't his guys. He was putting in his system. Um, I liked um, 
that he brought over Marinelli from uh, what was he from St. Joe's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is a respected coach, um, old school. Um, I like his. I liked his style when he was at St. Joe's. They had a lot of success there. Very defensive minded. Very old school East Coast style. Very old school uh, Philly style. You know. Um, so I thought that was a good move. He kept Saudi, which I thought was a good move. Hey, uh, shout out to Saudi Washington. Yeah. When I was on the bench over there in the <laughs> Mac, he was, he was, uh, he, he was fun to watch. Uh, yeah. and I've had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's done a great job. Um, yeah. so I'm glad they, they were able to keep him. Um, and, uh, I think he, he brings a lot, man. Like, uh, first of all, I, th- I think he's probably the richest uh, Division One head coach. Um, he has. That, we, we're gonna have to look that up. I like that. That's a, yeah. for another one. Another. No, day. I mean that's like low key, but but it's it, like that's real. The dude made yeah, yeah, made a lot of money. You, I was telling <laughs> my wife just just the other day uh, when I was, I was just describing him. I was like, probably been set for life by about ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's been all right. Yeah. I th- he was actually, he was the first uh, NBA player to make uh, or to sign a hundred million dollar contract. And he got all that hundred million. <laughs> hey, do you think he's a, uh, you think, um, hold up, but anyway, quick, um, real quick, what about, I, I, what about so I think, him? you know, he's got the NBA cachet um, and showing this early success is only helping. You know, this 11-0 start is only helping. Yeah. Um, and there's still, like, a couple players. Um, and we can edit this and, and fix this. But, like, that kid who came to Ipsy and, and gave it to Amani Bates, the, his white kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he's hey, like Kevin Durant, dude. Yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> oh, I, I lost audio. I'm impressed with that kid. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. What happened? All right, all right. I'm good. I'm good. I was I was crazy impressed with that kid, Chet yeah. Blackman or something. Chet. Yeah. 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 Chet, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. He looked because you know you're used to seeing guys built like that, not having any quicks, not having any aggression, and but he was. No, no. He was basketball strong for yeah. that that skinny frame. Yeah. Um. So like I know Michigan's on his list. You know, so I, I don't think people thought Michigan would have a chance, but Michigan might have a chance. And if we can land that guy, I mean, that's that's another Fab Five, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, my overall thoughts. Um, last year, I was, you know, seven and a half out of ten. And this year, you know, still to be determined, but it's definitely you know going up going up man i think i think uh his philosophy offensively and defensively we're not really losing much with beeline you know beeline was a great coach he was yeah. a great coach man so the one the one thing about beeline and then, and you know i actually thought beeline's x's and o's his in-game coaching was really strong like every halftime adjustment man was like mm-hmm. on point but the thing that I couldn't get over with Beeline and I kept year after year marveling at was the way that guys developed under Beeline. Beeline was taking guys who were recruits, you know, in the two, three hundreds, 
and and dudes were coming out. Trey Burke, dudes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. dudes were coming out with solid NBA careers who people did not predict that. Right, and it, it happened over and over. So you know, it it's it remains obviously to be seen with um, Howard and 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 one one guy I want to talk about on a future cast, but I'll just mention now. Man, I really thought Brandon Johns was going to be like a monster, and he has just been lost from. Yeah, the- he looked. He looked. He actually looked very lost against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him, yeah. and like, so you know, I'm curious. I don't know if Howard maybe has punted on him, or if mm. that dude's head just isn't what it needs to be. But yeah. he just looked lost and and has not developed. He, he had some moments last year. He had a few moments. He's clearly an NBA athlete. Yeah. In my mind. I mean, there's no question there, but for some reason, his skills do not seem to be developing. And I, you know, and, and clearly his confidence is not what you would want it to be. He can shoot a little bit, you know, he can, he has the, he has it, man, but you know, it just doesn't look like it's getting put together. And I really feel bad for that dude. Um, My take on Howard, I'm a little bit cooler on him in a, in an in-game coaching situation. I was not impressed last year. I thought uh, it was like, you know, he was stuck on this, like, use the big guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Davis obviously is not like anyone's idea of, of a post-virtuoso. But we did not see – I didn't feel like we saw a lot of in-game adjustments. Um, this year, at the beginning of the year – we clearly had some defensive issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, dudes from Oakland were blowing by us, getting to the bucket repeatedly. Yeah, that was that was by far one of the ugliest games in a long time. Yeah, but we did pull out the win, and then Michigan's defense turned around, you mm-hmm. know, until this last game. So I'm I'm totally and I'm you know for and secondly, let me just say I believe in Juwan Howard. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite of the Fab Five. I always loved that dude. Um, and I'm, you know, so, but I would give him a pointer, point and a half lower than you do. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens in terms of his coaching, but I really am curious to see how guys develop. Um, I think that'll be a, a big, and, and if he, if he continues to recruit at this level, it's not going to matter. I mean, and your question off cast earlier was, you know, how long until he jumps to the NBA? Well, if he's, if he continues to recruit like this, then it's clear that he has the personality. He, he has the resume and the chops. I agree. He's going to end up in the NBA sooner rather than later. Yeah. And we could, we could talk about that um, in more in depth, but I kind of, that, that's what I'm seeing. I think, you know, and within a few years, you know, I think he's, he's not here much longer than five years, but well, but that would be a good long run, and we might win a title if he's pulling in. Like, yeah, if if he's pulling in all these uh, top ten recruits, and he's a good coach, yeah, then, you know, titles could be in the Wolverine future. All right, man. Just before we wrap, let's talk about let's expand the the vision a little bit. Talk about the Big Ten. I got a couple quick questions for you. Number one, uh, you know. What is going on in East Lansing? What in the world is going on with Michigan State? Yeah, man, you tell me, because <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, I, the, the one thing I can say from watching them is they do not seem to have a legit high-level point guard. You got, you know, you got my man Rocket Watts who looks yeah, he's, to he's, me more like a scorer. Yeah. But I'm not sure that, you know, and I know Izzo has relied on Winston for the last mm-hmm. four years, you know, and, and obviously that dude put up all-time numbers as, as far as a college point guard goes. And uh, I'm, you know, the the little dude lawyer, I think his name is Foster is, Lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a baller, but he doesn't have the physical tools to compete. Just a, just not strong enough. Right. Yeah. So you know, but that aside, Michigan State looks like they should have a competitive team. And yeah. Prior to this break forced on them by COVID, they're just getting getting beat, you know, and looking bad. They're two and four in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, you know what, though, some of the early games I watched, um, obviously they dominated Duke at Duke, but that, that could have been fake news, you know, that, that, that could have been, well, Duke has not looked like any great shakes either. Exactly. That's exactly to my point. Um, so maybe we saw something that really wasn't there. Like, um, I just thought. Um. Oh man, uh, his name's escaping me. Escaping me. The uh, number eleven, the small forward. Henry. Is that Henry. Henry. Yeah. I thought from what I saw early on with Henry, um, he just looked like you know he filled out. Like he had finally turned the corner. Yeah, he looked like you know, like he was ready, you know, to take that next step. And honestly, the funny thing is he might be a better sixth man than he is a starter. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And, and so like, so my opinion somewhat changed like um, on him and on them. I I just think overall they have some talented players. Um, Henry rocket Watts. They got a kid from Ann Arbor. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, his name, what is it? Gabe, what's his last name? Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown. Yeah, and I and I like his game. He's got he may yeah. have an NBA future. Well, but I don't know. If I mean like too. like like I don't know, these guys, like Izzo is known for developing these guys, but I don't see I don't see the, the normal trajectory of Izzo players that I that I'm seeing in these guys, than this this crop of players, you know. Um the guys that he has right now. So I, you can't really give up on him yet, but it's kind of getting to that point. Like, yeah, they've, they've been on break for a little while. They need to come out like, you know, firing. Like yeah, uh, I agree. Their, their postseason is in jeopardy, to be honest. Yeah, I'm feeling you. I don't disagree. I, you know, I, I did think, I think I hit you up early in the year and said, I really thought Aaron Henry had turned the corner. You know, I, as a Michigan guy, I was concerned when I first saw him as a freshman. I was like, this yeah. guy is going to be a monster. And yeah. he just never developed, which I thought was strange. Um, you know, I think one of the things that is really hurting Michigan State is that Joshua Langford, with all his injuries, he was supposed to be a five-star guard. He, you know, a lot He's a shell. Injuries. Yeah, he's a shell. Yeah, and he just does not look like he's going to be able to bring it back to a high level. Um, Rocket Watts, well, he's, you know, is just not putting up 
uh, legitimate numbers in my mind. I mean, even when I guess what I'm saying about him is even when he puts up numbers, he doesn't look like the kind of guard who can get his team involved. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's averaging less than 10 a game this year. So Michigan State, just a mess. Maybe the biggest test that we've seen for Izzo in quite a while. I'm really curious to see what happens with them. Let's wrap on just one thing. My question to you, Luca Garza, you know, all-American all Luca Garza, player of the year candidate Luca Garza, dropping enormous numbers. And I think this sort of, you know, uh, relates to the Hunter Dickinson question. What is Luca Garza's NBA career going to look like? I think they're similar. Um, I think Luca Garza is a finished product right now. Um, I have nothing but respect for the man. The, the, the guy um, put in all the work. You know, because he was a real big guy when he when he was a freshman and he got himself in shape, um, got physically strong. Obviously, he's got endurance. I mean, because he is out there all game long busting his butt. So got to give the guy a lot of credit. Um, he's got the heart of a lion. Um, he attacks. I mean, you you there's always going to be a place for this guy, man always going to be a place like, no, he's not prototypical NBA, but you got a guy who's putting that kind of effort in. You got to find some time for this guy. You know what I mean? So worst case scenario for him, same with Hunter Dickinson. Like, yeah, maybe he's not a top five pick, maybe not a top 10 pick. You put him on a good team, man, he can do some things, you know? Yeah. I feel you. You know, I, I think the one thing about him and I, I, you know, I'm just seeing it now for the first time. I just pulled up his year so far. Dude is shooting 48% from three. I, you know, uh, and that's the that's the big qu question mark. I mean, Luca Garza. I agree. First of all, everything you said, absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I noticed from the get go when he was a freshman, the intensity that this kid plays yeah. with. You know, you want that on your team. Mm -hmm. You want to have him around your guys. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, which is funny because one of my big criticisms of Iowa is I'm just like, Iowa just seems like never as much as the sum of their parts. You know, they're less. Mm -hmm. It's somehow to me, they just don't bring the heart. I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but Luca Garza brings the heart. I'm so, you know, he's, he's, improved as a three-point shooter dramatically at this point um you know I, so two things about him that relate to hunter dickinson first of all if hunter dickinson can shoot the three like this it totally changes my opinion of his nba future yeah but the second the big question about hunter dickinson is the big question about luca garza and that is is he going to be able to guard anybody in the nba anybody right yeah see that's that's the thing athletically he's he's gonna be compromised i mean it's it's a problem i don't think he moves his feet laterally very well he's he's not the fastest um but you can learn to be crafty you know he can use that weight that he has you know and you can you can leverage that weight on, on somebody's body in a way to to kind of keep them from moving around you and there's ways, you know, guys learn how to do that. You know what I mean? 
And, and if he can learn how to do that, um, I, I think there's a place for him, you know, but yeah. you're right. He's going to have problems, you know, guys are going to be dunking in his face. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, um, same with Hunter Dickinson, you know, probably yeah. more so with Hunter cause he's just not as strong at this point. Right. And, yeah. and, and I'm concerned about Hunter Dickinson's like what you just said about Garza's lateral agility. Yeah. I'm concerned about Hunter Dickinson defensively, even for us moving forward this year, but we'll see. He's, he's Garza, like you said, Garza's a finished product. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson is nowhere near that. Right. So I'm not judging the dude, you know, and I, you yeah. know, as much as I would love to see him come back and for a couple of years and dominate the big 10, I'd be happy, you know, happy for him to go. And like you said earlier, and I don't think I mentioned it, I would always advise these guys, hey, look, end of the day, it turns out that this is a business. And if you can go get drafted in the NBA, go get drafted in the NBA. So, yeah. not, you know, I'm not hating on him if he leaves. Um, I am super curious, though. I think Garza will be a first-round pick. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure, you know. I do think his three-point shooting and and the fact that he's so tall and his mid-range jumper is sweet. I mean, he has some Nowitzki in him in terms of the ability to craftily score. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Yeah, he's sure. almost in the post, man. Actually, his post game, you don't see, like, that post game anymore. You know, like, he's almost like Kevin McHale in the post. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Very, very skilled. Very skilled. I mean, he, he uses his weight to his advantage in the, in the way that Kevin McHale used his long arms. You know what I mean? To his yeah. advantage. They're not the exact same, but, but, but what I'm getting at is he's able to use what he has super effectively, you know? Yeah, I would agree with you. And, and, you know, heart of a lion, he wants to kill you. Yeah. That man wants to kill you. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, dude. Well, let's wrap on that. It's been wonderful talking to you. I look forward to doing it next time. Before we go, what's your prediction for our next two games? We're at Maryland, or excuse me, we're hosting Maryland tomorrow night. Um, the line currently has Michigan up about 10, and then we're at Purdue. I don't know what the line will be for that. Um, and, you know, what are your thoughts on the Maryland game? Uh, what are you interested in about the Maryland game and what are your predictions for Maryland Purdue and Purdue? Yeah, I actually think um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was still some, um, you know, if they brought some of that, you know, lethargy into the Maryland game, I could see that happening. Um, but I, I predict that they will, they, they will probably cover that 10 points against Maryland um, just from what I've seen from Maryland in the, the first game. I don't think Maryland has enough firepower. Um, plus it's a, you know, it's, it's here in Ann Arbor, Purdue, you're going into Indiana, Purdue's, you know, same thing. They're, they're kind of similar. Um, they got one big guy, Williams, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's all right. But I, honestly, I think that's actually going to be a good test for uh, Dickinson. Agreed. But, but, uh, I actually think, I, I think that that will be a challenge he'll be up for. So I, I'm actually going to predict them to win both of those games, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little skeptical. 
about both games, but mostly just because I'm afraid that we've come down to earth. But I, uh, I'm riding along with you with a victory against Maryland. And I'm, I'm sorry, uh, you know, to say, but I'm going to predict a loss at Purdue. Um, mostly because we look so out of sorts on the road. Yeah. And Purdue has had some energy and some fire. Haven't really watched him play. So, you know, other than the fact that Travion Williams um, destroyed us, you know, multiple times. But, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to – so I'm going to predict we go 1-1. One one. You're predicting 2-0. and oh. I hope we go with your – you know, I hope we satisfy your predictions. Looking forward to doing this next time, brother.